Но только ты! Welcome to God is Open. I am your host, Christopher Fisher. Today on God is Open, we're just going to be talking about James 1.17, which is often a proof text for immutability. This is going to just be a, a quick episode tonight, quick live cast about this, but I do have some thoughts. And so let's look at, uh, let's first of all, let's read James 1.17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of Lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Now, this, this gets a little complicated here, this shadow due to change, because uh, what's this referencing? What's, what's it talking about? Where else is this word used? And uh, let's go to the Perseus tool, where you can search to see where shadow of turning, turn shadow, if, if that's used anywhere else in ancient literature, that, that's indexed. And it looks like, no, all we got is one hit, and that hit is coming from the Bible. It seems to be some sort of shadow that's dependent on the angle of the sun. So, uh, you know, maybe some of the other words are going to give us some clues. But let's look at the context real quick. We're going to start with verse 11. And since this, this word for shadow and due to change seems to be talking about the sun and the relation of objects to the sun, um, perhaps, um, perhaps this sun reference earlier is actually playing into the metaphor or, or what this is telling us. Perhaps when earlier in the same chapter was talking about the sun has something to do with the overall point. Maybe he's on a thematic, uh, on a thematic level. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass. Its flower falls and its beauty perishes. Apparently, that grasses, a flower fails and beauty perishes, not the sun. So, also, will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits? It seems maybe the sun is a reference to perhaps God. It could be that the sun is acting as as God and uh, overall of mankind, and mankind perishes underneath God's eye. Could be something like that going on there. Could also just be that that's the metaphor. These, these rich people die. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he'll receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. So it's all about standing fast, uh, doing the right thing. Uh, it looks like we've got some comments. Uh-oh, uh, it is spam. Let's get them out of here. It says, let no one say when he's tempted, I am being tempted by God. Okay, so now God is now an actor again. So uh, God... Let no one say that they are being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. So perhaps, maybe, I'm going out on a limb here, that this is relevant to verse 17. God cannot be tempted. That means we can't uh, do things to entice him to do perhaps evil. Is, is that what it's going for? For God cannot be tempted with evil. We cannot tempt God with evil. All right, so we're we're setting up some some things. God might be the sun in this analogy. God cannot be tempted with evil. No one's going to turn him to evil, and he himself tempts no one. Wow, we're we're getting some character statements about God. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. 
all right, so God's not doing the tempting. God's not being tempted. Everyone is uh, doing sin based on their own free will. That's what I'm reading. I had a Calvinist. I was like, uh, this is just, it's teaching free will here. That uh, everyone is is turned by their own desires. That's that's free will. God's not involved, as we read earlier. He's like, I don't see that there. Like, I, I guess it's, I guess someone could read this and not see that there. I, I, I didn't have anything to say after that. It's like, okay, I, I guess the desire when it has conceived gives birth to sin, and sin when it's fully grown brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. So this this section here is all talking about sin and turning away and God being tempted with sin or tempting others with sin. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, as opposed to those evil gifts, as opposed to being tempted with evil. Coming down from the Father of lights, huh, is that the reference to the Son we got in verse 11? Could be with whom there's no variation, no shadow due to change. So God is not going to change. And uh, what would it look like if he did change? He might be tempting people with evil if, if we're reading the context. So maybe that's what it's talking about. Let's look at some of the words that are being used here. Or we'll switch over to the King James and uh, go go just take a look at what, what kind of words. Shadow of turning. This uh, shadow here, I... Where, where did my little dictionary run off to? Eposkiosma. Ah, I'm reading from far away. It's uh, this. That's the turning shadow. That's the thing that's not found in ancient literature in indexed locations. So it's just found in the Bible. And it seems to be derived from a shadow that turns based on the sun. God is the light. He's not casting. He, he's, he's not the shadows that things are casting against. It seems to be the analogy here. So what's this variableness here? Let's take a look at it. Maybe, it, maybe it's a reference to Plato. Some people th think perhaps this is a reference to Plato's theology. We could go to word frequency for that word and then go to the works of Plato. It's using Timaeus, which is uh, it's a work that does talk about immutability and timelessness within the Godhead in, in Plato's mind within the creator God, the demi-urge in Plato's mind. So maybe maybe this is talking absolute immutability. Let's, let's zoom in and see if that's what's going on here. So here's the word, and here's the English paragraph. And it, it seems to be that the actual, the actual translation of this word is being used in this sense right here. I'll just read the whole sentence. Uh, it's a huge sentence. We therefore who are pr proposing to deliver this discourse concerning the universe, how it was created or happily is uncreate, we must invoke gods and goddesses. If so, be that we are not utterly demented. It seems to be that this is the word being used for demented. The same word, same word that's being used in uh, James for there's no variation. That makes sense. That that does make sense. So if this were translated, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of Lights, who is not a crazy guy, who's not demented. Uh, he he. It seems to be an idiom for unstable mind. He's not unstable mind. He's not the type of God that earlier we see that he's going to be tempting people with evil. 
and then he himself is tempted with evil, that seems to be the context. God is of sound mind, and there's no shadow of turning. He's the light. He's not going to change his mind. And what would it look like if he changed his mind? He'd start tempting people and being tempted with evil. That actually seems to be the context rather than absolute metaphysical immutability. I think this proof text is misused. Perhaps we, we, we can entertain the possibility that uh, James 117 is teaching absolute immutability, but I don't think contextually that's his goal, his point. I think he's con comparing God to the Son. God is the giver of life. God is not evil. This whole, whole section is about evil, evilness that come up comes up in man. We can't blame God for this evil. God is a good God, and God's not going to change. God's goodness seems to be what's at stake here in God's not turning, God not being demented. Of course, the word itself can be translated variation, as it is in the King James, or it could be translated demented or unstable as it is in at least one Plato reference. I have a Plutarch reference that I pulled up. Maybe I lost it because I zoomed in, but it's, uh, it's, it's translated as degrees there. So both translations seem to be valid uh, depending on context. And remember, it's, it's hard to understand idioms from times and places of which we're not a part of. And so um, what's, what, what would make more sense in context? Let's say we're we're a Bible translator and we're translating this, and we come across this, and uh, God or it says man withers, man God doesn't tempt the man, God can't be tempted, uh, man is tempted, man falls away from God, and then it starts talking about every good gift is coming from God, and then it concludes with that God is the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow or turning. Does it make sense if that's a statement about absolute immutability? Or does it make se more sense if that's about God's character, which has been described previously, about God not being evil, not being able to be tempted with evil, not giving evil out, evil's the product of man, and God gives gifts, that God's good character is on display and being specifically addressed in this verse? I, I think it's the latter. I, I think I think that's it, where this verse is not about absolute immutability, but God's God's consistency of character. He's not demented. He's not mentally unstable. He's not wearing. He's he's a righteous God who does righteous things and thinks righteous thoughts and is not going to be drawn away by frivolous mankind wanting evil. So that's what I see for or James 1.17 actually accomplishing in the context and not absolute immutability. Anyways, that's just what I wanted to talk about. Just a quick little thing on James 1.17. Questions and comments, put that down below or start a thread on the God is Open Facebook page. Thank you for listening.